Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefit that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday, 12 o'clock Central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Kevin in Mississippi, who wants to know if he can get a Social Security benefit for his great nieces that he has custody of. And Debbie says the Social Security Administration sent her an overpayment notice, and they are wrong. And then Richard wants to know if a pension will count against the earnings test if he files for early benefits. And there's a lot of other great calls, too, so let's get it started now. And up next, we have Kevin in Mississippi. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Fantastic. Uh, my, my question is concerns whether I should have my wife uh, to start drawing her Social Security early and for me to continue on working or not. She turned 62 this month. I turned 62 in November. Okay. We uh, have, have a combined income or, uh, in our IRA uh, that's probably about 250000 and we have about 140000 in cash accessible in various savings accounts. Uh, I'm retired Air Force. I draw a pension of about twelve hundred a month, and she draws a pension of about four hundred a month from her ex-husband uh, through a divorce action and stuff. Because he was retired military. Okay. Uh, so my question is: Is do I should I? Ha- she does not work, uh, and I have two minor children in the home currently. One will turn eighteen in January, and the other one will turn eighteen in June of next year. Or not next year, the year after. Okay, so that would be June of two thousand twenty-three. Uh, yes. Okay, and what grade will they be uh, they in are, when they, they turn eighteen? Uh, the oldest one is eighteen right now. She is a senior. Okay. Uh, and she turns eighteen in January. The other one is uh currently 16 right now and she's a junior okay all right so by the time she's 18 she'll be just about uh well she will be finished with high school at that point right she would she would finish in in may and then school or in may and then she would turn 18 in in june okay now they they are not biologically my children but i have custody of them through the court system okay uh have they have they ever been adopted Formally adopted? Uh, they have not. Okay. They, they 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 both have a mother and a father. It's uh, just they were uh, taken from the mother at some point, and they are actually uh, my great nieces. So uh, my wife and I stepped in and took them in uh, when they were both four and five years old. Okay. Are the parents uh, deceased or disabled? Uh, no. Okay. They're they're both alive, but both. Uh, uh, they they don't hardly pay their child support or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, th- you know, then in that case, I, I don't think the children are going to be uh, eligible for any benefit since there wasn't an adoption that was formal because right. custody alone does not qualify uh, them to be paid a, a, a child's benefit. Uh, so really what right. you're looking at then is a decision just based on you and your wife. So you've got about 250000 saved in your retirement accounts. You have another 140 ish or so that's uh, in cash and, and checking. And, and are you still currently saving for retirement? Uh, yes, we still contribute annually to our IRA. And uh, I, I am continuing to work and have since, you know, we took on the children. It's just my wife stopped at that point because 
we live in the country and it was too far to, for her to try to travel and work and keep up with the kids at the same time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So in pensions, you have about $1,500 a month coming in. Right. And uh, how uh, much? Yeah, about fifteen, sixteen. Okay. How much will your Social Security benefit be at your full retirement age? Uh, I believe it said it was twenty one hundred. Okay. And and what about your wife? Uh, her, and hers is like only about eight fifty or nine hundred because she hasn't worked in the last uh, ten years since we've had the girls. Okay. And and that's her benefit at full retirement age, or if she files now. Right. At full retirement. Right. Age. That's it. At full retirement. Right. Okay. All right. So then she would be eligible for her own benefit plus a little bit of a spousal benefit to uh, top that off if she were to file at full retirement age. Uh, you know, I, it it really comes down to uh, a few factors here. You know, I tell people, if you're thinking about filing at 62, there are a few reasons where it makes sense. And the first reason is, do you need the money, right? And if if you're running deficits in your monthly budget, then it could make sense to go out there and get a stream of income that's available to you, uh, like Social Security. But yeah, well, we—I mean, we we own our home, own all of our vehicles, and I mean, basically, what we have outgoing is uh, food, water, gas, um, you know, things like that. Gotcha. And is your income from your job covering all of that? Uh, yes. Okay. And and we're still able. And I mean, we we do not use either one of the retirement incomes. We, that continues. That that's what builds our. Uh, cash savings and, you know, things like that. And then we just live off of my work income. Okay, perfect. Well, that's pretty telling right there uh, about your need for income and how you're managing your expenses. You know, you're already not spending everything that's coming in. So that's a a good sign for sure. When you retire, Kevin, how much do you think you're going to need in income on a monthly basis? I I think we've got uh, probably only about 1,600 going out a month for everything. Okay. So then between your pensions, your social security benefits, then it sounds like you're just about going to have covered, um, you know, what you're going to need in, in living expense. And then you'll be able to tap the IRAs for a little bit more. So I would say that it's, it's not necessarily critical that you, uh, delay filing in this situation or that she delay filing. But I would say that you know, when you're retiring with $250,000, now make no mistake, $250,000 is a lot of money. But when you're looking at a long horizon of retirement ahead of you, $250,000 right. may not take you quite as far as you'd like it to. So I would say that you and, need and, to take every step you can to make sure that you preserve all of the income sources that you have at your disposal. And for you, one of the greatest that you have right now is Social Security. So I would make sure that, uh, you know, if if she can afford to delay filing, then I would consider doing so because she's going to be able to get a higher benefit if she does. Uh, the other thing that I would... And, and, and as, as far as uh, like longevity, I mean, my, my family, the men tend, tend to live a little bit past 80. And in her family, the women seem to be a little bit past 80 as well. Okay. Which I think if you look at the... Uh, the mortality tables with the Social Security Administration, that sounds like that's just right in the line of what's what's typical. So, yeah, I right. would and I would absolutely and, and expect that. When I look that. at the break-even points, or you know, when I looked at the break-even points, it seemed to be pointing to somewhere around seventy-eight to seventy-nine or whatever. That's why I'm considering, you know, whether I should have her file now or wait, and me to continue work for three years, or could I just quit and quit now and both of us start going? Well, to you know, again, I think. Uh, 
I, I, I told a caller just a couple of callers ago that yeah. it's so easy to take a, um, a, a question that seemingly just related to Social Security and all of a sudden it develops into a retirement planning question. Right. But but really, Kevin, it sounds like that's what you need. No, I'm I'm afraid that today's episode, uh, when it's released on the podcast, is going to come across as this big long infomercial because this is the third time I've said this. And so, listeners, let me assure you, that's not the intention of these. The intention of these shows is to educate and, and inform and help you make good decisions. Uh, but right. but Kevin, you need a plan that's going to list out your income sources by year and to help you figure out what that optimal time for filing is based on your specific level of assets and your other income that just needs to happen. Okay. So, uh, you know, you can okay. do that with me or you can do that with some other advisor, uh, just wherever you get that done. I, I would get a basic plan laid out and don't let somebody give you some big fancy plan that they're going to charge you up a, a fortune for and give it to you in some big, nice binder with 400 pages. You don't need all of that. You need a basic roadmap. Right. You need a roadmap that says, this is when you need to file for Social Security for optimal results. And this is where you need to start taking your retirement income. And this is how much you need to start taking. Because remember, you're going to have RMDs that kick in at 72. Even you know, for a guy like you, that it sounds like you've managed your expenses pretty well, that may not be income that you necessarily need. So you may be one of those individuals who say, dang it, I don't want to take money out of my IRA. It's just going to drive my taxes up. But you don't have a choice at 72. You have to take it. Right. And so there may be some ways right. to plan around that where we can then get Social Security benefits to uh, to be paid later that would lower your overall uh, tax bill in retirement. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And I would say that just listening to you, you need a plan that takes all of that into account. Have you have you worked with a have you worked with a financial planner that you know they're not there to sell you product they're just there to help you build a basic plan for I, retirement I, I, Yeah I, I, my problem is is time uh, I work for a company that's very uh, stringent on time we work on call I'm on call seven days a week uh, and then uh, so I, and, and I get very little vacation time because we do get time off but it's not something that I can plan around. So I don't have the luxury of making sit down plans. Yep. Yep. I understand that. You know, you know, spur, it's always spur of the moment. Yeah. Well, if uh, you know, you, you don't have, this is something that, that can, and probably frankly should be handled uh, over the phone and computer anyway, uh, because you can't sit down with someone in their office and let them just draft you up a plan real quick and show it to you. It, it's something that you need to talk to someone they carefully consider it, put some things together, and then get back with you, you know, at a time of your convenience and choosing and say, here's the results. Here's here's what we need to think through. All right. Uh, so that's what I would. Okay. And if you want to use someone on my team that can do that, we can absolutely help you. Or you can go out and find you another advisor. Either way, uh, I, I would do something because it could save you a substantial amount of either your, your dollars that you have there or just, if nothing else, lower your tax bill. Well, I, I don't understand some of the links or how to get to the links on your on your website because your videos always come out and they're very informative. But then it says click the link below or you say click the link before, and I can never find the links. Well, so that, um, that's my problem. Well, no, that's actually my problem because we <laughs> we have so much information down there that we're trying to deliver now that there, there's just a lot of links. But we are in the process of cleaning that up. And we're going to only have the most important links uh, at at the 
bottom of the video that you'll be able to go down there and clearly see exactly what links are going to what. And we hope to have that done fairly soon. Um, but you can always go to just on your phone or wherever you are, you can go to socialsecurityintelligence.com. And in the right-hand corner at the top in the menu, you can see free 15-minute consultation. And that's going to take you through a very short questionnaire. Uh, for you, it'd probably be six questions. And then based on that, it's going to okay. send you right to a calendar. And on that calendar, you book a time right there. Um, and then, okay. and then you know, based on that, you have a 15-minute conversation. They'll tell you what you need, what, um, you know, what, what, what you need to think about. And then you can make a decision about, okay, this is something I want to do. This is not something I want to do. Okay. If, if I can't find that link, is there a, a website address to get to your team or? Yep. Uh, if you'll hang on just a second, Kevin, I'm going to put you on hold and uh, I'm going to get Alec to, uh, to give you my contact information. And that way you can get in touch with us. Thank you very much. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. And up next, we have Debbie in Washington. Hey, Debbie. Hi there, Devin. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for calling. Good to hear from you. Uh-huh. Okay, so here we go. I received a devastating letter that I had uh, been overpaid $10,000 in, in benefits. Um, I retired in uh, April of 2019. I worked as an RN. I made um, $40,000 earnings prior to retiring, and a lot of it included out uh, uh, a retirement notice bonus and uh, payout for sick leave because I did not use my or vacation time because I did not use it. So that was a substantial amount. I went into the office uh, because I don't trust myself online and talked with a representative who helped me file a claim. Um, at the time, I gave him the best estimate of what I was expecting because I did not have all the full numbers then. And she had calculated my benefit uh, to start in May, payable in June. Can't tell you the exact numbers. I think it was like $2,400. Anyway, so um, I went on to uh, collect my Social Security benefit along with retirement earnings from an IRA for the, for the year of 2019. When I retired, I was 65 and two months. So I was below retirement age. Um, when I got this letter, they essentially told me that uh, I owed them $10,000 because they could not pay out the benefits for 2019. When I talked with the representative in Social Security, you know, it, it was very difficult for me to follow. I wish I took your class before. Let me tell you, that is really one of the best things I've done. So I would highly recommend it to anyone listening to this. Um, nevertheless, um, I was assuming that she calculated the benefit after retirement based on the monthly earnings 
amount test and uh, that I would not have to go on the annual earnings for that $40,600. But it sounds like they have excluded that and uh, I'm having to pay based on the annual earnings. When I called Social Security, oh my goodness, first I got dropped with two phone calls after waiting hours and then I called the mate, that was the local I called the main line and talked with a very uncaring uh, person who just wanted me to get off the phone, I'm sure, because I didn't even know what questions to ask at that point. But am I wrong to assume that um, I can base my benefit for 2019 on the monthly earnings test? All right. Uh, Debbie, let me admit something here. I should have gone. I, I should have started making notes earlier on our call. <laughs> so I'm going to go back and okay. retrace some of this that you've already told me. And oh, I know sure. you have. I just didn't make notes on it. Oh, that's okay. So in, you retired that's in 2019. Okay. April of uh, April. 2019. Uh-huh. Right. You retired in April of 2019. Now, the overpayment letter right. is telling you that they can't pay you any of the benefits for 2019. Uh, they could pay me some. They could pay me some. But uh, apparently the... The net uh, overpayment for that year would have been uh, 9984 Okay, which tells me that you were somewhere 20000 over the earnings limit is what they're attesting there. Uh, how much did you earn between right. January and April? I earned $40,600 in wages, including some vacation time that I was paid for because I had surgery. And I also had a retirement notice bonus and a uh, payout for for vacation time, which I had accrued over a lot of years. I was a nurse for 40 years with this company. Gotcha. On that, let's talk about the uh, split. How much of that was actually earnings and how much of that was from the vacation and retirement? Ooh, I would have to estimate because um, I would have to estimate, well, that's a good question. And I did kind of work out some numbers there. The actual hours worked were like 200 and or maybe 300 hours at the most. Um, actual hours worked. So I don't, now you caught me off guard here. No, that's all right, Debbie. So I think the first thing you yeah. need to figure out is how much of your earnings came from what source? Because there uh-huh. are... There are the easy to classify types of income. So, for example, you have net earnings right. from self employment and then you have wages, but then you have all of these other types of income. And in the Social Security Administration, they list about 89, I think it is, uh, types right. of what they call right. uh, remuneration. And so, when you're right. going down through that list to see how is something counted, should it be included as part of the earnings test or should it? not be uh-huh. included, you have to get really specific on the type of earnings that you have. Now, what I suspect is that they may be looking at the total lump sum of earnings that you've received. Um, and I think they must be counting part of this in the months after you retired. Because there are some special rules for some payouts that they can count in the six-month period after you retire. Now, without knowing the breakdown and without knowing exactly how this is coded, I can't really tell you that for sure. But without, let's mm-hmm. just talk about without the vacation, without the retirement pay, okay? That mm-hmm. should be, you, you absolutely should have been in a grace year once you retired, which means that the monthly earnings test should have taken over. When did you file for Social Security? I filed in March of 2018, 
before my retirement, just to get ahead of the game. And then I started to receive uh, uh, my retirement would have or Social Security would have started in May, payable the following June. Okay, and so that was June of eighteen or nineteen. Uh, no, no, excuse me, of twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay, all right. Twenty nineteen. All right. So, and I had I'd gone into the office and filed in March. So, and they calculated my uh, Social Security to start in May. Debbie, if it was just earnings alone, I can tell you for a fact that the monthly earnings test should apply, and it may be just as easy as explaining to them that that you should be classed in a grace year. However, I suspect, again, that they're treating some of the other payments um, to have occurred after your date of retirement. And so... Gosh, I didn't receive anything after it. I can I can document that, too. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to build your case. Here's what I want you to do. The next steps for you in doing your due diligence here, I want you to go to my website, socialsecurityintelligence.com, and in the search bar that's on the top right-hand side... Oh, would you say that again, please, sir? Yes, ma'am. Social Security Intelligence... Uh-huh. Com. And uh, that's my blog where I, I talk about all kinds of social security issues. Some of these articles get fairly in-depth. Most of them are 1,500 uh-huh. to 2,000 words. But one of them in there that's going to help you tremendously is about what income counts for the earnings test. And I can't remember the exact name of it. Um, and if you'll give me just a moment, I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah, and the article you're going to be looking for is the social security income limit, what counts as income. And in that, I go over the basic stuff that we've already talked about, you know, net earnings from self-employment or right. wages from an employer. Right. Uh, but I also start uh-huh. to break down some of the other types of income. But I, I give links in this article to the Social Security web pages that you'll be able to use to start to build and establish your case. Again, I don't know the uh-huh. outcome of it without actually looking at your breakdowns and seeing where that is. But I uh-huh. do know that this is where you're going to be able to start and build your case and make that determination for yourself of either, yes, the earnings limit should have applied or no, it should not. Uh, the, In the monthly, the monthly right. versus the annual. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I did not have received any earnings from my employer after April. None. Yeah. Um, so would that, could I be hopeful that I could see monthly earnings test would apply for me? Well, it, you know, there's um, yes and no. The 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 vacation time that they're paying you out, I'm pretty sure would not count in that limit. Right. However. The, right. Because I had earned that long before right. retirement year. Yeah. And if we look at, um, I'll tell you what, let me just look at the list real quick. I've got it in front of me. Number 86 in the manual section talks specifically about vacation pay. And it says, uh-huh. if employment is terminated, which an employment is terminated if you leave, count in last month work. So for you, you retired in April. That should have been counted as a payment yes. in April, which means that it would not have counted against the monthly earnings limit. Now, what I'm not real sure of, though, is the retirement payment. There is some language that um, there's some language that I'm thinking about that I've read in these manuals. Is that the, from the IRA? From the IRA? No, you said that the retirement payment after April. No, that oh, would not have counted. The retirement notice yes. award. Yeah, okay. and I the retirement notice award. And I'm thinking that may be what they're counting. And there is a specific section of the manual that talks about uh, payments that are because of retirement. 
in quotation marks. And mm-hmm. that probably is the one mm-hmm. that you're going to need to dig in on. And they may just need some okay. clarification from your former employer about how that payment was paid, when it was earned, and and you may be able to take oh, all yeah. this evidence back to I them. I have the earnings and leave. I have the all my documents, my earnings and leave of the exact date I was paid out for that. So okay. I have all that documentation. Then you ought to be in good shape. Yeah. Go find that article. Look at those links, and yeah. I think you'll be able to make your case that at least the full amount of the earnings limit shouldn't apply to you. But whatever you do, don't believe that just because you received an overpayment notice, don't think that it's absolutely accurate because I've seen multiple of these notices and they're not always accurate. Yep. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for calling. Yeah. Okay, sir. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Up next, we have Ann in Oklahoma. Hey, Ann. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for calling. How can I help you? Devin, I have, I need some clarification on the survivor's spouse benefit. Okay. Uh, So let me lay this out. The my husband retired at full retirement age, and he's drawing about 2000 a month. When I retire at full retirement age, I'm going to draw about 2100 a month. But I'm planning on retiring at age 70 at 3000 a month. So my question is, when Social Security figures a surviving spouse, say I pass away, are they going to base it off of my full retirement age or are they going to base it off retiring at age 70? All right. So let me make sure I understand. You have a spouse who is deceased, uh, correct? No, uh, I, but I want clarification as how it will work, whether it would benefit him if I pass away for him to draw survivor's benefit. Okay. All right. So the survivor benefit calculation in a nutshell. Now it it gets more complex than this. And this is actually an area of research that I've been working in and hope to release in the days ahead. Uh, Survivor benefits are a bit more convoluted than they seem on the surface. But in your case, I think the nutshell version is going to apply here. Survivor benefits are equal to the amount of benefit the deceased was receiving when they died, adjusted for the survivor's filing age. Again, that's the nutshell version. So yeah. So uh, he would draw the 3000 a month. If you were to defer <laughs> your payment until age 70, at which point your benefit was 3000 and your spouse yeah. was receiving, say, 2000 then his 2000 yeah. would drop and he would begin to collect your 3000 Okay. I, I went back and forth and I called Social Security and I just didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, so I very much appreciate it. You're welcome, Ann. Um, and, and again, in your case, it's it's straightforward. It's cut and dried. There's not a lot of yeah. ambiguity here. Where people can really screw this up is when the spouse who dies filed before full retirement age, and then you have all of these other rules that come in. But in your case, it doesn't sound like that's a potential issue. That's great. Uh, I'm just leaving a manual for uh, when I pass away to make sure that if he ends up with a higher benefit, my hope is that they they get on the phone and that they draw the surviving spouse benefit. Yes. Because that can make a world of difference. Absolutely. An additional, you know, eight, nine hundred dollars a month is um, it's a lot of money for sure. And good for you for making that manual. I most, I wish more people would do that. I know it's a difficult task, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've, I've 
helped multiple clients who have had a family member pass away and they were just clueless. So I'm, I'm glad you're taking that step. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Devin, I, I watch your uh, videos constantly and they're so helpful and I appreciate you taking the time. You are you welcome. You have a good Anne. day. You as well. And coming up next, we have Gray in Texas. Hey, how are you, sir? Perfect. Thank you very much. I have a really simple question, I hope. If I uh, start taking Social Security before my full retirement age, I get about $2,000 a month from income from selling covered calls on stock options. How is that going to be uh, figured into my Social Security income limits uh, or, or uh, is the benefits from uh, sell of covered calls uh, considered ordinary income or not? Okay, so these these covered calls that you're doing, this is not tied to an employer. This is just something that you're Correct. doing out there on your own or maybe with an advisor. Okay, and so... Right, it's not dividends. It's it's actually income from covered calls. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're just paying uh, ordinary income rates when you receive that. That That's not going to be counted as wages. Now, there are some cases where... Stock options, otherwise, I don't want to give that advice and somebody listen to that and say that, oh, stock options are never counted as wages and thus won't ever affect the earnings test because that's not necessarily the case. There, there are cases where the difference between the uh, strike price and exercise price can be counted as wages, but not in your case. This should just be counted as ordinary income, the same as you know, if you had a bond paying interest or a CD paying interest or whatever the case may be. So, no, I do not think that's going to be counted as ordinary income. Outstanding. So I don't need to worry about that. That's one less thing to check off. Thank you very much. You are welcome, Gray. Have a great day. Up next, we have Richard in Minnesota. Hey, Richard. Yeah, this is more of a tax planning question type stuff. My wife is um, 62 and is considering starting to get her Social Security. Right now, we're li- I'm currently retired, but I'm not taking Social Security. I'm living off of pension and my 401k. From a planning point of view, is my pension and 401k considered income along with Social Security income? How does that affect our taxes? Okay, so let's 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 look at this two different ways here because I want to make sure that we're real clear. And this isn't necessarily the question okay. that you asked, but I, I do want to answer this because. It's an area of confusion for a lot of people often. So the distributions from your 401k, your pension, all of that is likely taxable income. But the question that a lot of people ask sometimes is, how is that going to impact my Social Security benefit? And for purposes of the earnings test, which says that if you're under full retirement age, there's a limit on the amount you can earn while collecting Social Security, those distributions from those retirement accounts are not going to be counted. However, they are counted for purposes of taxation. So when the Social Security Administration is determining how much of your benefit is taxable, they take all of your income, not including, there's just a couple of things that's not included, like distributions from a Roth IRA. But otherwise, they take all of your income plus one half of your Social Security benefit. And then they take that amount and they run it through thresholds. And from those thresholds, they come up with a percentage, and that's the amount of your Social Security benefit that you have to pay tax on. So, yes, the distributions from retirement accounts will add to that. They call it the combined income formula. 
it will add to that combined income formula and increase the amount potentially that you have to pay taxes on your Social Security. Okay, that makes sense. Now, have you seen those tables, those threshold tables? Not in a while. Okay, well, I'll tell you the easy way to find them. Um, You can go to my website, socialsecurityintelligence.com. I've got several articles on it, but one of the best things I have over there is my Social Security cheat sheet. And in that cheat sheet, I have all kinds of things listed that I've condensed down uh, from the massive Social Security website. A lot of the questions that I'm asked, like the one you're asking me now about how it's taxed, I have the formula on this cheat sheet as well as a lot of other stuff. So if you'll go to the website, you'll see that cheat sheet right there and uh, you can download it. There's no charge for it. And I updated yeah, it. Yeah, I think I looked at that cheat sheet about six months ago, but yeah, good. Thank yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, so check out that cheat sheet and the tables, the threshold tables are actually on there, which let me point out, those tables are not indexed for inflation or anything else. And so, you know, we're, we're starting to see more and more individuals have to pay tax on their social security benefits because those tables are stuck. And incomes continue to grow, so it's getting more and more income pulled into it. But fantastic. Well, I'm glad I was able to answer your question, Rick. Great. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a good day. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.